Welcome back to Challenges of Faith radio program. I'd like to acknowledge God and our listeners. I'm Gary McCann, the producer and host. My guest today is Reverend Robert Kelly, author of The Scourge of Racism. Brother Kelly, welcome to Challenges of Faith radio program. Thank you for having me, Gary. I hope you can hear me okay. Oh, yes, sir. Surely can. Hey, it's an honor having you on. First and foremost, no, go ahead, brother. Well, I was just going to say thank you again, my brother, for having me on the the show today. And I've been looking forward to it and praying over it and just uh, pray that God will use us mightily today. Hey, that's, that's both of us, both of us. How are you and your family? By the grace of our God, we are doing fine. Always, always uh, circumstances arise that uh, we could wish things could be more perfectly better. Mm-hmm. But uh, with God in the midst, uh, <laughs> we are uh, going through and mm-hmm. uh, persevering, and God's making a way. That's right. He's faithful. He's faithful. Amen. Before we head to your book, your new book, let's learn more about your organization. What is the Open Door Communications Ministries, Inc., and why did you form it? Well, uh, I want to say, first of all, that uh, I've just only uh, been a vessel, which is what I've sought to be all of my journey with the Lord uh, in the founding of this ministry, August 12, 1985, in Fort Worth, Texas, is where we uh, started, and the Lord uh, laid it on my heart at that time uh, that there should be uh, a work, uh, a media work specifically, uh, that uh, is able to deliver the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of his word in power uh, and impacting uh, the churches, especially within our black community at the time. Uh, this was 38 years ago. And there was uh, very few uh, that were involved in media like you are today mm-hmm. uh, and uh, on television and so forth. And we wanted to produce programming uh, that would reach everybody, obviously, when you preach the gospel. But without apology, we also wanted to make sure that we were able to communicate with our community uh, with our heart language, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And like you saying, you know, that's always important because our Savior started with his community first, and that's how we end up getting the gospel. Reverend Kelly, why is it important, just like in our own individual lives, but why is it important to have an accountability board of directors? Well, our board of directors uh, functions uh, with me. Uh, I'm on the board as well to oversee Uh, the work of this 501c3 nonprofit uh, Christian ministry. And so they they labor with me. We have an annual meeting and sometimes special called meetings to direct the overall affairs uh, of the ministry. And, of course, not only am I on the board, but as president, I'm accountable to the board. Uh, And it's important because uh, we want to be able to, as the scripture teaches, uh, have the benefit of counselors, uh, others that uh, will be able to give us uh, direction and feedback. And, of course, with uh, these great men that serve with me, Alvin Johnson and uh, Richard Anderson and Larry Lugo on our board uh, presently, uh, these men uh, are also 
there uh, for me as prayer partners and uh, mm-hmm. who I can answer to uh, if I should ever uh, <laughs> try to, uh, to go contrary to the will, way, and word of God. Uh, they haven't had to do that, praise God, because uh, I fear God more than I do man. That's right. You know, <clears throat> I remember um, uh, individuals uh, from my accountability uh, uh, standpoint, and I remember each morning having to call them to share, you know, whatever has gone on. But I also remember a time where uh, one of the persons had called me and said that this is what God has laid on their heart. And 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 that which they said at that time, I knew something was wrong because it wasn't in accordance with the word. So I asked them out of respect, uh, are you sure that's what God laid on your heart and mind? And, and they were honest. They said, no, that's something I wanted to say. And I said to them out of love to be careful because someone else who may not know the word or in fellowship uh, may take it uh, at face value and find themselves mm-hmm. out of fellowship. You know, in mm-hmm. the day's time, especially now, as it relates to men, what is the strong man ministries and goals? Well, um, the Lord blessed us uh, back in 1998 uh, in the context of our From Slavery to Victory Education Project that the ministry launched in 1994 uh, to uh, understand uh, personally, as uh, an African-American male, uh, I had some issues, uh, especially with anger and uh, and bitterness toward uh, the black experience, and I needed some help. And it wasn't out there. And uh, uh, I began prayerfully seeking the Lord uh, for what I needed from him and realizing other men needed this help as well. And uh, so we launched the Releasing the Strongman uh, seminar, and we tried to minister that way. And uh, uh, we followed that up uh, in 2005 with the launch of Strongman Ministries to more broadly reach uh, uh, all men from all hues because we realize mm-hmm. that some of the core issues that black men have, all men are having. That's and, right. Uh, we, uh, we set out to proclaim the gospel to and help willing men become strong men of God in the image of Jesus Christ, who is our role model for biblical manhood. And uh, we've been doing that since, uh, as I said, 2005 with a vision that uh, released from debilitating ties at Vine, uh, we wanted to see strong men of God impact their families and communities for good because our motto uh, is making men eternally strong. But uh, that uh, strength begins here and now on earth and the need for them to be restored to God. And then when they're restored to God, they're able to restore their families, husbands go back to their wives uh, and their children, and then also the extended community. Mm-hmm. How about the From Slavery to Victory Educational Project? Yeah, that was uh, the 1994 uh, creation of our ministry following the national broadcast of uh, a a radio special entitled From Slavery to Victory, One Man's Journey, uh, 
where uh, the Lord led me after seven years of seeking him and studying and praying and fasting uh, to try to understand from a biblical worldview uh, about our black history. Uh, mm-hmm. Because uh, one says this and another says that, but Lord, <laughs> what do you say? And uh, so uh, you know where you got to start when you, when you want to learn what God has to say about it, you go to his word. That's right. And uh, that's what we did. And uh, so uh, that uh, hour long broadcast uh, uh, became the flagship of the, from Slip, from Slavery to Victory Education Project, and uh, through it, and we produced a track, and we've written articles, uh, some of which are archived on the From Slavery to Victory Education Project website, and uh, we've just continued to uh, be used of the Lord uh, to speak to that biblical worldview, uh, which, uh, as you know, I've... I've uh, uh, checked out some of your stuff, and I know that you don't go for that victimization stuff either. <laughs> so, no, <sir. laughs> uh, when you have a biblical worldview, you understand that bad stuff happens to God's people. That's right. And uh, the the issue is, uh, will we look to Him in faith to overcome? And uh, that's where our victory is as individual believers, and if any group of people on the planet, including Black folk, will right. uh, do it. As our slave ancestors did in large numbers, turn to God, he will lead us out into freedom and victory uh, in the midst of all the adversity and trials and troubles that we face. That's right. That's right. You know, <clears throat> Pastor, I'm, I'm amazed. Uh, I'm not really, but uh, somewhat uh, as it relates to our community, and it, it can be applicable to any community, but how many uh, believers sitting in the pews and maybe some behind the pulpit that when the word and even even they know in their own life, if they look at it through the word, like you're saying, but um, who are who will not acknowledge the fact of the devil and demonic forces that that play mm-hmm. a role down here on Earth. And this um, I, I just hey I. <laughs> I want to say it's sad on one hand, uh, yes. But but it's not when you understand that if the person uh, who says they're a believer um, um, may not really have accepted Christ in their life, or may not be spiritually growing. What say you, sir? Well, uh, I agree with you. Uh, in fact, uh, one of the first things that came to my mind when you went there, and I'm glad you did, <laughs> is that um, uh, there is a distinct difference between religion and relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and far too many of our people, like so many others, uh, have gravitated toward religion because uh, religion, uh, we we, we kind of get to make up stuff uh, ourselves and go our own way and, and think God is going along with the program. But when you have a relationship with him, you understand it's not your will, it's his will. It's mm-hmm. not your way, it's his way. And the Bible is our final authority. And so the Bible says there is a devil, there is a world system that he oversees on this planet. Good news is that while we were slaves to it, when we believe in Jesus Christ, repenting of our sins, 
that he died on the cross for those mm-hmm. sins, was buried and rose again on the third day, you can be set free. That's right. And and live the way God wants you to live because then he fills you with his spirit and gives you mm-hmm. power to mm-hmm. be able to do that. And so you don't have to be a victim. You don't have to be uh, beat down, crushed, defeated, because we serve uh, a God who is able even to raise the dead. That's and right. So it's, it's never the end of the story with God until he makes it the end of the story, uh, having the last word. That's right. Praise God. All right. <clears throat> Brother Kelly, let's turn towards your book. And thank you. I received it, and it was right on target. Right on Praise target. Praise the Lord. Why did you update and write The Scourge of Racism? Well, the uh, very practical reason was that, of course, uh, it was first released in 2005. And at that time, uh, uh, I was writing where we, where we were in this early part of the 21st century uh, with the issue of race within uh, evangelical Christianity. And we weren't too far <laughs> from where we were in the 20th century. Uh, it was my conviction from the Lord at the time that we just were not, and this is black and white, taking racism seriously enough. We don't seem to grasp the fact that it is not simply a social justice issue. That's minor compared to the larger magnitude issue of it being sin. It is a sin from the heart. And uh, the, the body of Christ is not supposed to, in any measure, be entertaining sin, being okie-doe and comfortable and fine with sin. And at that time, Katrina was raging, and we, we saw the horrible things uh, manifest because of, of the still uh, operating presence of, of the wickedness of racism within our society. Uh, folks being overlooked for help and all that sort of thing going on. And it broke my heart at the time. And uh, I wrote an article about it, and that led to the book. I sent the book to Southern Baptist leaders, which I was a part of that at the time, uh, uh, speaking as a uh, uh, prophet from Ezekiel 33, 1 through 9, and, and, and crying out and saying, uh, this is what the Lord says. We need to, we need to deal with this. Well, almost 20 years later, we're still in the same spot, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's even worse because now we've, we, we, we had to watch the horror of a black man being executed on national, mm-hmm. international television, uh, and uh, that was the breaking point that, you know, okay, we, we've got to deal with this again, but not... With the larger society, once again, it's got to be in the church. The church has the solution because we have Christ, but we're not operating out of that solution. And so the Lord's not pleased with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're supposed to be his mouthpiece to the larger society about what thus saith the Lord, but we're not even obeying. Mm-hmm. And so we're not we're just not serious enough. And so this is, uh, frankly, Gary, this is uh, the conviction I have in my heart, a final Warning. Hey, I, hey, I believe it. It correlates with uh, uh, what God has laid on my heart and the um, uh, the recent messages. Uh, and again, starting with our community, uh, because it's not 
it's not making sense to me. And uh, but it but it does. But it comes back to exactly what you're saying. And and no one is trying to put the blame, but the blame is where it is because you do have to ask the question: Where are the the watchers? Where are the watchers, and, and why aren't they speaking out? And if the pew members are out there and they are leading, but that which they're leading is not uh, biblically based, then how, what in the world is going on? So I agree with him. If the Lord has called you to do just that, then one has to be obedient. As it relates to yes. your book, you know, I am so glad that uh, that I uh, read it and enjoyed it because it led to some additional questions I'd like to ask you, Reverend Kelly. How Amen. does... How does from negatively impact, negatively impact whites because of racism? Yeah. uh, One of the things that happens as the result of of having done somebody wrong, let's just keep it real, is that we become fearful of their retaliation and uh, become fearful of uh, what they may or may not do. And that's one of the consequences that comes to the person who may even be just a casual racist. And you know you've done folk wrong. And you know it's wrong. God gave us all a conscience. You know it's wrong. Society gives you comfort and support because it overall it's systemic. But uh, that doesn't hold water with God. God brings conviction of sin. And there's a fear uh, that uh, those you've harmed, those you've wronged, are going to retaliate in some way. So that uh, some of our uh, white brothers and sisters are so fearful that when uh, dressed even as I've experienced in a suit walking down the street, uh, they become very nervous. uh, Because what's this black man up to? Uh, When we walk in stores, that's one of the reasons that, of course, we get watched more than others, because there, there's a fear there, uh, uh, not only of possible theft, but fear that, uh, uh, you know, in some way or another, uh, we may engage in some conduct that uh, might be harmful or hurtful to those who have harmed us. And so uh, that is a very uh, sad thing that we see historically. That's one of the reasons there's been such violence heaped upon our community uh, because the idea is to be proactive. You're scared that they're going to do something to you, so you better do it to them first. And uh, so it, it's, it's, it's a horrible thing to, uh, to see happening. But we've all experienced it. I know growing up when I uh, just was a little rough with my baby brother, I loved him, of course, but sometimes, you know, siblings, they mm-hmm. squabbling and carrying on. And but I felt guilty afterwards, and you know what? I was watching my back. <laughs> the baby brother might be trying to get after me. Uh, so yeah, it, it's just that simple. Gary, really. Yeah, you you was thinking you was thinking of uh, uh, Cain and Abel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, when you excuse me, reference back to uh, uh, Mr. Floyd, George Floyd. Uh, it's something yeah. you said, uh, even correlating uh, to the now and uh, in, in citing your experience. Um, it's interesting because um, 
individuals who happen to be white could take that same fear and as a result of an experience uh, uh, that uh, a homicide, I call it, that occurred with Mr. Floyd, that uh, turned their, their, their money at, over to the wrong, like they did with uh, BLM, uh, give it out of what, whatever the motive was to an organization that didn't trickle the money back into the same community that was out there hurting and doing overt actions that ultimately harmed the community. And so mm-hmm. that that's one way I look at it, that individuals who want um, – you can you can know the Lord and not know truly what to do, or you can not know the Lord and just do anything, thinking that yeah. uh, you are paying back to uh, that which you know have been acts of racism, and you're of the belief that that's going to help you. Brother, Brother Kelly, do you believe that most pastors or believers understand that we have group privilege because of divine decree? <laughs> Uh, uh, no, <laughs> just to keep it real. Uh, no, like so many other things, we don't believe uh, concerning the word. Though we read it all the time, and I was, I was just reading that in scripture uh, in my personal study um, just a, a week or so ago about how uh, ancient Jews uh, read the Bible uh, and knew what the word said, but didn't uh, act on it uh, in the way that they ought. Uh, and was corrected by Christ, of course, concerning issues such as the Sabbath day and and not understanding what that was all about. And then uh, on down the line with regard to the gospel itself. So, uh, yeah, we we definitely uh, can find ourselves uh, not acting on the word as it is intended, and uh, we can do things like you've mentioned. I want to go back to that for a second out of guilt, because it's not only fear, but guilt mm-hmm. and shame and thinking that somehow if I just give you some money, uh, that that's going to solve everything. Well, yeah, there are some things that we need to make right with the money. But at the same time, uh, what I think our people have been seeking since slavery is just simply to be accepted as a fellow human being. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be tolerated especially as a Christian. Come on now. Jesus didn't say tolerate one another. He said, what? Love one another. That's right. That's right. And, and so that I, I'm just asking, if you say you're a Christian, like I'm a Christian, then we ought to be loving each other. That's and right. it ought to come natural. It shouldn't be forced. And That's I right. shouldn't just be tolerated. Uh, and so this is why it's so ugly, so awful, so terrible, that uh, for four centuries, Mm-hmm. Racism has been tolerated and practiced and enabled, keeping it real, not trying to trash nobody's heritage, but we got to keep right. it real. I mean, there's nobody else to look to here but That's our right. white brothers that profess to be Christians from That's the inception right. of the nation until now. There was nobody else in, in, uh, in the leadership role. That's With right. Leadership comes responsibility. And That's so right. all that we're saying today is we love you, and, and, and we've been under the thumb for four centuries, and now mm-hmm. uh, by the grace of God, we're at a place where we can speak up without uh, possibly getting beat down for it and, right. and speak to you in love 
and say, listen, we we, we got to get rid of this thing because mm-hmm. we're not fulfilling the directive that the Lord gave us because there's another part to John 13, 34, and 35. The first part is love one another as I've loved you. Mm-hmm. But the second part is the world will know that you are my disciples by your love one for another. So That's what right. has been the message of the American church as a, as a result of four centuries of racism? Has it been love like it's supposed to be and, and, and holding up Christ? I don't think so. You, you know, what's interesting, and um, when I uh, was doing this series as it relates to, you know, our community, and, and, and I'm not finished, I just wanted to um, lay the foundation leading to today, and what you see is a lot of confusion. You know, again, I'm going to uh, uh, apply it from the spiritual back down to here on earth, where of course the devil and whatever demonic force that's assigned, they're going to do they're going to do what they're going to do, meaning cause confusion. But on the other hand, uh, what you have, I believe, is when you go back to our community, slavery, and the Native Americans, how that. When you look around, you see still the confusion because with the young folks, they're not, just like you just indicated about the four centuries, they're not going to truly know what the real deal is. And so, therefore, uh, when you uh, bring and and mix everybody up, um, and I say it uh, uh, not from a separatist standpoint, but I say it from a, uh, a community standpoint, meaning this, when you bring A through Z, and all of a sudden, you become confused because you listen to all these voices and you don't know what the truth is. And so, therefore, when you learn the truth, now all of a sudden, you can either respond one or two ways. As a believer, you can respond to the Lord and surrender and obey him and do right by individuals. Or you can join the bandwagon with everybody else and keep the confusion going. Because just right. like you just so indicated. Okay, one is asking you as a believer. A non-believer is not going to do, but what they're going to do because they need they need to go to the foot of the cross. But as a believer who know if they know the word or believe it, they're going to have to stand before the Lord and give an account. So therefore, knowing that, you you're willing to go a million miles away to help a, that same person with the same skin tone that you're doing wrong by, that living next door to you across the street. Rather than just simply obeying the Lord and getting it right, confusing going, so therefore that young person, they're not going to know any better. But the older person is going to know, and that's the one who has not compromised, and I thank God that you have not, is going to be the one who's going to be able to stand up in love and say, hey, but it's wrong. Now, whether you receive or not, that's on you. I've done my part. Brother Kelly. Who was Mama Lee, and why did she say you needed Jesus? Oh, because I was stone cold unsaved uh, <laughs> in 1977. Just keeping it real, Gary. That, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I I was uh, down in Florida doing an internship from Howard University at the time, and um, uh, I went from Orlando where I was. Uh, staying up to mm-hmm. Jacksonville to see Molly. I, I knew her where I grew up in Seaside, California. We're all military families. And mm-hmm. a lot of us. And we knew each other that way. And so uh, I, I reached out, having known her from 
my childhood and uh, just wanted to, you know, uh, visit and um, and uh, do something nice on Easter Sunday, go to church with her. And mm-hmm. uh, went to church with her, came back, and long story short, uh, I got to telling her all my problems and uh, all that I was dealing with and going through. My dad had died and da-da-da-da-da. And, uh, and I was lost, basically. I was going to Howard, but I wasn't sure why I was really there. And um, so she just kept saying, Bobby, you need Jesus. Bobby, you need Jesus. I, I said, well, yeah, yeah, I hear you. But let me tell you some more, because thinking if I just keep keeping it up, finally we'll get a place to where Jesus ain't going to be able to help dad, okay? But, but that never happened. And so finally... Uh, she said, uh, I want to pray with you to receive Jesus today. You want to do that? And and I said, yeah, yeah, okay. I guess it can't hurt because I didn't try everything else. I'm out here smoking dope, doing drugs, mm-hmm. doing everything else, and it's not helping. So what do I have to lose? So I prayed with her to receive Christ on Easter Sunday, 1977. And for the first time ever in my life, I was 20-something, I heard the voice of the living God. As your faith grows, so shall you. And that state has stayed with me over these 40-plus years since then. And uh, I have grown and uh, not have not arrived, Gary. That's right. But no, I, no, none prayed. of us have. Amen. I'm still in process and joyful right. uh, to be on the journey with the Lord. Praise God. Does God and his word support the attitude and practice of racism? No way. No way. Uh, not only from the standpoint that it violates his character, uh, but uh, it uh, comes from a place in men, especially uh, from sin within us, of pride and arrogance. And you know that uh, our God uh, teaches us that as my grandmother would have said it, humble is the way. Mm-hmm. That's right. And uh, he uh, brings down the proud, uh, but he exalts and gives grace to the humble. And mm-hmm. so just from that standpoint, but even worse, if it can get worse, and it does, again, we've been talking about John thirteen thirty four to 35, The Lord Jesus gave a commandment to his disciples. Gary, a commandment is a commandment. It is a commandment. (laughs) And he he said, I give you a new commandment. Now, this is the same person talking, by the way, who gave the Ten Commandments. And Mm -hmm. my Bible assures me he was serious about the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. You can can ask Israel and all them (laughs) in the Old Testament what God was serious about the Ten Commandments. Well, That's right. Jesus, as it were, gave an 11th, a new commandment I give you, which really you and I know encapsulates everything mm-hmm. that the 10 is all about. Love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Love your neighbor mm-hmm. as yourself. That's right. And so he didn't give anything that was shocking or or that was beyond the pale of of what had been instruction from the Old Testament all along. He just put it very directly in their faces and, and, and spoke to them as Lord. And mm-hmm. as king, and says, I give you a new commandment. So the point being that when you practice racism as a Christian, you are willfully disobeying 
the direct and specific command of your Lord Jesus Christ. And you mm-hmm. need to repent because he's going to deal with you if you don't. That's right. And I, and I think, and you correct me if I'm wrong, I, but I think also in your book you allude to the fact, you make it clear that, you know, oftentimes believers, uh, individuals who say they are, uh, and again, only the Lord and uh, really knows in themselves, but he, he did allow us to be able to tell the, the, the tree by its fruit as, as, without Come trying to be, you know, without trying to be uh, like those brethren who wanted to root them up with, while they were walking with our Savior. But you Amen. did allude to in, in your book as it relates to there are uh, brethren who want to take this sin over here and make it larger uh, than racism, whereas racism, come, that which is in the heart, comes out. The Lord doesn't make a distinction. And I, and that's no, no. why people are confused because it's it's those behind the pulpit and in the pews. Because, again, as you know, um, all of us came the same way, you know, in need of a savior. But yeah. the person in the pew that's going out on the street or in those positions, wherever positions God has blessed them to be in, if they know the word, then it should all be in unison. But if they don't know the word, then they're they're adding more confusion. And that's, as you know, what they have, the spiritual enemy loves while using his two-leg minions down here on earth. It, would that all be right safe now. to say? I think that is very safe to say, and uh, it aligns with, uh, again, that distinction we talked about earlier. You can only get away with uh, practicing racism and, and it be okie uh if you got some other newfangled religion that you call Christianity, mm-hmm. uh, because biblical Christianity doesn't allow for it. So somebody's lying. Uh, That's right. When they say that to be a racist is okay, it is mm-hmm. not. Uh, and uh, if it's biblical Christianity, now if you done created your own, uh, it, which amounts to being a counterfeit. And by the way, we have scripture on the fact that uh, in these latter days, folk would do that very thing, come up mm-hmm. with a form of religion that mm-hmm. uh, they call Christianity, but deny the power thereof and. Second uh, Timothy chapter three. Mm-hmm. So uh, this this is why we have to make a stand. Those of us uh, black and white who know and love the Lord and are operating out of a, a biblical uh, Christianity uh, must uh, stand up in love and say that's not from God. Uh, whatever that is that that's been going on, whether it's white racism perpetrated against blacks or black bitterness being mm-hmm. unwilling to forgive uh, That's right. those that are doing what they're doing. We, we, we need to get right and get aligned with what God's word says. Mm-hmm. Uh, Re- Reverend Kelly, why do you equate Ameri- the American church with Samson? Well, now you ha- having the book, you already know it's a very, very, very short <laughs> chapter. Uh, <laughs> But don't give it all away. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Brother Kelly, don't give it all away because I want the people to purchase the book and read the total book like I had to. Amen. And so that's why I'm saying I'm not going to give it all away. But but I do want to say the the, the chapter is short, and so is the book. By the way, you don't need a 300-page book uh, to (laughs) put the ground you and I are talking about today, okay? 
right. so I make no apology for not, uh, not trying to go about this as a, a theologian and a scholar and all of that, trying to convince people with my sound reasoning and, and intellect and all that. Listen, let's just get back to the book. And if you get back to the, the book, the Bible, uh, you come up with a 78-page book called The Scourge of Racism. That mm-hmm. said, Samson's chapter is very short in there because, again, uh, when you uh, look at and compare uh, Samson's mistakes with the mistakes that are very evident in the history of the church in America, um, you see that there's a great parallel and uh, that that serves as a very strong and powerful warning about what's coming if we uh, do not change course. And unfortunately, uh, we're so close to uh, what the, the kind of end that Samson had uh, that really uh, it kind of cancels out what I said just a minute ago about it being a warning because we're there. We're mm-hmm. there at the point of, of discipline uh, from the Lord mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and judgment because, again, I've said that this has been going on for centuries. Guess who's been patiently forbearing <laughs> and suffering for four centuries and has said enough. That's right. Okay. That's right. Uh, and so, uh, and again, this is, this is when you talk to people like I'm talking to you who have a relationship with Christ and know he's real. That's right. See, if you practice religion, you don't think he's real and you don't think he's going to deal with you. But if you know him, you know the Lord will take you to the woodshed. Oh yeah, you're not going to do His will. That's and right. And so uh, that's that's where we're at. We're at the point of judgment. And so mm-hmm. right now we're doing like Jude, uh, Gary, really, mm-hmm. and we're reaching into the fire trying to pull folk out. That's right. That's right. <laughs> because that's where we are right now. That's right, listeners. When you have an opportunity, and I know you will, and um, before we end the program uh, today, uh, Brother Kelly will share additional more. But what I want to say to your listeners is, in his book, The Scourge of Racism, he provides specific solutions. And that's the reason why um, it's important for you to pick it up, read it, digest it, apply it, ask the Lord what he would have you to do from this point on because you now have knowledge, you have additional light, and what are you going to do with it? Brother Kelly, why are you calling on strong men of God as it relates to racism? Because such men are really the only hope that we have of uh, being able to... uh, let the Lord move within his church to begin to eradicate the practice and the tolerance of racism in, in the midst as, as one of its many sins. Uh, and, of course, uh, that's a whole other program, but uh, I've written another book called The Strong Man of God Back to Basics, and in that book, basically, um, we point men to realize that we're called as, God desires from Romans 8:29 to be conformed to the image of Christ, who is the strong man of God. And uh, uh, such a man has his heart and his mind devoted to 
living on purpose to please God and do his will. When a man's got his mind made up like that, when he's got his heart set like that, uh, he's not going to uh, long tolerate sin in his own life, sin in the church that he knows the Lord died for. And uh, so uh, strong men, uh, those who aspire to be strong men in the image of Christ, uh, have been unfortunately marginalized due to other sins in the church, such as allowing radical feminism uh, to uh, marginalize men in the quest mm -hmm. for so-called equality. Never mind, we are already equal in Christ, but, you that's know, right. that's a, like I said, that's another program. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. but the point being, to get right to your question, it's those kind of men, aspiring strong men of God in Christ Jesus' image, that will be able to stand up and stand firm and uh, say no more to racism. And That's let's show the world the solution by the way we live in obedience to Christ's command. That's right. Brother Kelly, I have uh, four uh, final questions. But before I get uh, to the next one, you know, I would like to extend an invitation to you, like for you to well, first of all, I send an invitation to you. You can come back on and, and share about the book you just mentioned. But my next invitation is one where I would like for you to pray about it. And um, um, and that is simply where I would like for you to, if if God so lead, uh, to be able to come on with us uh, uh, biweekly or wherever the case may be. Uh, and let's talk about exactly what you just Mentioned as it relates to whether it's the men, the uh, the male not standing up to the role in which they should be standing up to that God has given them, along with that partner, so that individuals, whether it's from our community, any community, truly understand what that how that role encompasses, you know, one uh, completing the other as God would have them to be to go forth as as one so that therefore they're standing on behalf of the family representing God. But in order to do that, as you so alluded to, which is biblical in that, is that that male, and, and it's applicable to the female as well, but that male needs to, first of all, make sure they're right with God so that they can be empowered by him to say, to do, to be, so that no matter what the adversary, the spiritual enemy and the two-leg one that he uses mm. to bring against them, that that person is able to stand because they're standing in and under the power of the Holy Spirit of God. So I'd like for you to pray, mm -hmm. pray about that and um, and and, and uh, just let me know the, the end result. Now to the final four questions, and thank you uh, for your time today as well. What Amen. role? What role does spiritual immaturity play in racism? Well. If we're dealing with an authentic believer who has, through either family or cultural conditioning, uh, practiced racism, uh, they may not uh, right away at, when they come to Christ understand that they're supposed to uh, let go of that sin. Uh, because, first of all, if they've been conditioned to believe it's okay, uh, they don't think it's sin. Uh, and so they need to grow and develop in Christ. And and I I, I want to be, you know, fair and say that, yes, I, I do in, in 
the writing and the teachings that the Lord has given me on this subject allow for the fact that there are some that are spiritually immature uh, and just haven't been taught. Uh, but can I say it again, Gary? Full century. Yep. Okay. <laughs> At a certain point, you got to get That's up right. off the spiritual immaturity thing, right? That's right. And realize that um, right is just right and wrong is just wrong. And mm-hmm. um, you cannot be a practicing racist and a uh, bona fide believer in Jesus Christ at the same time. It's one or the other, but not both. That's right. And uh, so we allow for the fact that you come to Christ just as you are. If you were a racist, you you may be a racist for a little while, but the Holy Ghost is going to get a hold of you at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a bona fide That's believer, right. and, and you're going to stumble upon or, or come across John 13, 34, <laughs> and 35, and you're going to have to do something with that, okay? That's right. Uh and uh, so, yeah, that 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 can play a role in it, but at, after four centuries, I'm not buying it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I'm just keeping it real, man. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Brother <laughs> Kelly, how can listeners purchase your book and contact you for interviews? Well, the book is uh, uh, available uh, widely on uh uh, on the internet uh, booksellers like Amazon and Barnes and Noble, and I did confirm those two, uh, and uh, maybe of course many others, but those are two main ones that jump to my mind right now, and that I've also verified. They can also uh, special order it at their special uh, uh, bookstore that they use, uh, and they can get that for you. You can get it on our website. Uh, on the strongmanofgod.org or at from slavery to victory uh, .org and it's available in our uh, website stores uh, that way as well and if uh, someone wants to uh, host me as as you did today so wonderfully thank you brother Woo, it's been good man hey, it's um, an honor thank you. you can reach out to me at uh, Rev Kelly K-E-L-L-E-Y at the strongmanofgod.org. You know, I like what you were saying as it relates to the confirmation, the verification of where your book was. And the reason why I liked it, I was laughing because um, Challenges of Faith was on 80-plus uh, uh, platforms and praise God. But we got notified that there's a um, a platform out there that's charging forty nine ninety five. dollars uh, for programs like ours and kind of tell us about it so we know. And so I'm glad when you said you verified it because that's important. <laughs> hey man, there's a lot of evil out there. Brother Kelly, how about your strong man of God blog? Mm. Uh, that uh, is a weekly uh, post that the Lord leads me to make uh, on our strong man of God uh, the strongmanofgod.org website, and uh, when a person goes on there, they uh, we do have a a tab uh, labeled blog, uh, and uh, we post something weekly. As you can imagine, with the book out, uh, we've been dealing for the last several weeks on the issue of racism, and talking about uh, issues that are raised in the book, and uh, trying not to. Uh, present the whole book in the blog, but mm. but uh, <laughs> trying to give uh, reason and cause 
to get the book. And let me say this about the uh, this book and all of our books uh, and materials. Uh, I don't get a dime directly from it. The sales of these uh, materials go to support the ministry and the work that we're doing. Uh, I do get a little part-time salary from the ministry and from all sources, including the gifts of donors. Uh, but uh, uh, the sale pricing that we have is is geared toward uh, raising money for the ministry, the nonprofit work of the ministry, not Reverend Kelly's pocketbook. All right. Reverend Kelly, any final words for the listeners? Well, again, I want to just say I appreciate uh, you having me uh, on uh, your show today, Gary. It's been a, a, a blessing and a, and a wonderful joy. And uh, to those that are listening, uh, I want to just encourage you uh, that racism is not exclusively a white thing. Uh, it comes in all hues, from all hues, uh, all colors, all ethnicities in the world. It's not just even an exclusively an American problem, but we have to understand it is a sin issue. And if you're dealing with racism, whatever your race, repent if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and ask him to give you the power to love those that you feel don't love you and be willing to forgive those that harm you. Uh, because that's God's way, and that's what we're in the business of doing as Christians, living to please God and do it his way. When you do that, he'll reward you here and now and eternally. Praise God. Well, Brother Kelly, thank you again for taking the time to come on and, and share your, your brief sojourn, because I know it's been a sojourn, and only mm-hmm. you and God know how it's been, because it was it was done in order for you to be where you are today to be able to share with all of us exactly what God has said and who we need to be, especially as men in today's time on behalf of the work of God. Also, my brother, if you wouldn't mind uh, leading us out with prayer, and then we'll close with a song. Amen. Again, thank you, Gary. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so very much for this opportunity that uh, you have given me to represent you and your kingdom, this ministry. And I pray that something was said today that uh, was challenging and convicting, but encouraging and helpful as well to those that are listening, no matter what their racial background. And Lord, uh, we pray for this Challenges of Faith program appropriately titled because rolling with you is full of challenges. But praise be to you, O God, you give us that we need by your spirit to be overcomers through faith in your Son, Jesus the Christ, to whom be all praises, honor, and glory forever and ever. Be with Gary and his family and be uh, with all of those that are involved in this program. We thank you that he has such a reach, and we pray that you'll uh, continue to use him mightily in the work. And uh, just thank you, Lord, for the fellowship that we've enjoyed today uh, in this this program. I hope 
with Gary that the listeners caught on to that, that this was two brothers, <laughs> two professionals, but yet two brothers in you uh, sharing and rejoicing in, in the truth and in righteousness. And uh, I pray that you will bless and anoint that for everyone who hears this program. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.